0: Let's find out a little bit more about the weather and the climate. Is this just a South African summer or are things slightly different? Uh, Mary Scholes is my next guest. She is a Wits climatologist and professor at the School of Animal, Plant and Environmental Services. Mary, thank you very much for joining us. Is this just something we forget every year that we have rain or is is something different? Good
1: morning to you and your listeners and happy New Year. Um, Yes, it is something different, but we do have very short memories as humans when it comes to rainfall events. Many of these rainfall events, you know, we talk about one in 10 years or one in 50 years, but we often only remember the year previously. We don't remember back 10 years unless you're speaking to your grand. But I think what we really have seen this last rainy season is a much greater frequency of what we call extreme events. And I'm sorry to say those are going to increase into the future.
0: Uh, just before we carry on, uh, somebody messaged us to say, "What a, if you don't mention short and grand sun cycles, what is, what is short and grand sun cycles and how do they affect the weather?
1: Well, they do affect the weather, but we shouldn't be worried about those. They, they're major events in the way that um, the Earth and the solar system and the sun all move around each other. And yes, they do have long-term impacts, but relative to what we're doing to the carbon dioxide concentration in the atmosphere, they're actually a very small effect.
0: Okay. Is that the reason, Mary where we have global warming because there's too much carbon dioxide?
1: Yes, that is the reason, and I'm uh, sorry to say South Africa is a major contributor to that.
0: Okay, so what, what do we do as human beings? Do we just have to adapt and adapt and bite down, I don't know, I don't know just adapt to it and deal with it?
1: Uh, yes, we do have to change our attitude quite a lot around consumption. Mm-hmm. We have to adapt, but I think at the same time we need to apply a lot more pressure To the people who make decisions about switching out of coal, I understand the impacts that has on the uh, employment situation in South Africa. But we do have plenty of fun in South Africa and we should be enhancing our solar production. At the same time, we know now when we're going to have extreme events and the possibility of those. Mm. And the Weather Service puts out warnings quite well in advance. However, those are always short-term, three to five days possibly. But what municipalities need to do is to put in place at least an annual plan for the upgrading of infrastructure in their municipality because often that is what leads to the fatalities. Are the rivers breaking their banks, the uh, bridges being overflowed, mm. etc. And so the municipality needs to start getting into a continuous, ongoing cycle of infrastructure, and everyone in the population can help with that as well.
0: Uh, Yeah, it's interesting. We were talking to Nalala and I think you heard towards the end of that conversation talking about low-lying bridges. So I guess after speaking to a climatologist like you and other climatologists, the bridges shouldn't be at that level because of these extreme weathers. Raise them up a metre if you can or or two metres, whatever the case might be, because you know they're going to be overflowed by water. Yes, we do know
1: that. And there's plenty of evidence. And the evidence shows that um, the was in the Natal region where we've just seen those recent tragic floods in Ladysmith, as well as the eastern Cape. And then the northeast Limpopo province is where we mostly get those extreme events and river runoff being so high. It's not just the rainfall, it's how much water runs off mm. the land. And um, so we, we can target those areas. And that's where they really should start on the big infrastructural changes. We we do have a bridge building program in South Africa and there was a recent report saying this many in the Eastern Cape and this many in the Northern Cape, etc. Perhaps they should rather target on where we know these extreme events are going to lead to fatalities.
0: Uh, The the climate change deniers, Mary Scholes, are saying that this is just a natural phenomenon. It's not because of all the CO2 going into the air. What's, What's your response to people like that?
1: Um, Yes, the denialists will continue to be with us forever, (laughs) so um, we should continue to push back against them. However, what they say is correct. Mm -hmm. It is a national phenomenon, but it's not at the scale and at the speed at what we see it now. The complete change is due about 80%, maybe more, 85% now, to human and anthropically induced interventions and we cannot go on and deny
0: that. Okay, so there have been these climate changes before but it was slow enough that plants and animals and, and uh, could adapt and change their life or their, their, the way they I don't know the way they genetically engineered I guess but yeah, now exactly it's happening right. it's happening so fast that it's that animals and plants and human beings can't make those changes in time.
1: That's what's happening. Okay.
0: See, so you learn something new every day. Um, we When we talk about preparedness as, as a human being, me now personally, right, um, is it not building my house in a flood zone, not building too low? You, it, all of that needs to be moved up a little bit higher because the the, the rains are going to come. And there's the opposite of rain is drought. We've got to prepare ourselves for drought because after every rainy season comes a dry season. Well, yes, as a
1: generalization, one does get droughts after rain, but not necessarily <laughs> as okay. the reason that you are implying. But yes, you're absolutely right. I think the areas where we should not build are well demarcated, and they are easy to establish with local municipalities or consultants and experts in the field. So we know that. However, we don't comply with mm. that. And many people, because of increased population growth, and especially in areas where people can potentially find employment, they move into an area knowing that there is a potential risk, especially if they build closer to what we call wetland areas, closer to rivers. And many people, I think, now have learned that they should not be putting those fancy mansions. Uh, very close to the beachfront along the Indian Ocean and down in the Sea Point area as well. Uh, So I think that message has
0: got across. This change, is is, is this like an El Nino or something that we're experiencing when I say short-term, like a a two- or three-year thing, or is this now our lives forever?
1: So there are two distinct weather patterns which impact southern Africa. The one is called El Nino and the one is called La Nina. Uh When it's an El Nino period, it tends to be um, drier and hotter, and La Nina tends to be wetter and cooler. That is how we traditionally understood it. However, our understanding of it is changing quite dramatically especially in the last two or three years, and not just our understanding of what is essentially a physical phenomenon, it's what the implications of that change is bringing about. So we in Southern Africa have just switched out of a three, three three-and-a-half-year La Niña phenomenon Mm -hmm. into an El Niña. So it should be getting drier, especially in the traditional summer rainfall parts of South Africa, it should be getting drier and hotter. Well, it is certainly getting hotter. It's also getting more humid up in um, Pumalanga and in Rimpopo and even in Karcheng. Much more humid than it ever used to be. And the increase in extreme events is what we really need to be worried about. The frequency of hail is also increasing. It just has to do with the dynamics of how air moves in the atmosphere.
0: Mary Scholes, thank you very much for the science lesson. Witz Climatologist and Professor at the School of Animal, Plant and Environmental Science.